Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for tuning in to episode number eight of Superstar Success University. I'm your host, Romeo Marquez Jr. And today, I'm just super duper excited and extremely grateful to have a great conversation with my good friend and superstar author, Miss Sherry Fink. You ready to do this, girl? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so Sherry Fink is a number one international best-selling and award-winning children's author of the books The Little Rose, The Little Gnome, Exploring the Garden with the Little Rose, The Little Firefly, dang, there's a lot, and The Little Seahorse, <laughs> as well as her being a highly sought-after inspirational speaker. So check this out. This is just a little piece of who Sherry Fink is. So please, Sherry, tell us a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Okay, I'd be happy to. I write books that inspire and delight kids while planting seeds of self-esteem. And I started doing this just a few years ago and quickly recognized the need to create a brand to go over and include the books, the play, the merchandise, the toys, and the live experiences that I want to create. So I founded a brand called The Whimsical World of Sherry Fink. And I've been just following my inspiration ever since. And it's it's been incredible. So... I get to do what I love, and it feels like play sometimes. It's a lot of hard work, but that's what's fueling me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for y'all listeners that don't really know Sherry, uh, Google that girl because she got it going on like that. Like, she got it going on so much. She just came from, like, the MTV Movie Awards. And before we get into the conversation of more about Sherry, please share with us, like, how that experience was and how that came about. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. I was invited to be a part of the MTV Movie Awards Celebrity Gifting Suite. And what it is, is that all the nominees, presenters, and performers get an invitation to come to the suite. And there's certain brands, like innovative global brands, that are invited to come and gift a product to the celebrities. And so I was the exclusive author at the event. Of course you were. And of course you were. <laughs> And it was super fun because you basically, you get to come and you have your setup and you just give gifts all day long to people that you've seen in TV and movies. Uh -huh. It's incredible because you get to meet them and like a lot of them, I, I was able to shake their hand or have hugs with them, get pictures with them. Um, and they were really excited because they get to give that gift to someone else, the book. Right. So it was, it was so much fun. Who did you uh, see that really excited you or somebody that you were, uh, that you're, you know, inspired by their work? I would say probably the, the biggest, like, starstruck one that I got was Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> I used to, <laughs> as a kid, right. I would watch La Bamba over and over, and it was such an emotional story, and I would cry every time at the end, uh -huh. and every time I would wish it would end differently, and I was disappointed that it didn't. But I just <laughs> remember him playing that role so well. And so when I met him, he was so genuine and so kind, and he had his little daughter with him and his beautiful wife, and I don't know, it was just, it was so great. I was like, I just have to hug you, and he gave yeah. me a hug and a kiss. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> That's so <laughs> awesome. Super cool. Dude, I don't know him personally, but yeah, La Bamba all day. I watched that all the, used to watch that all the time growing up. <laughs> so knowing that your work inspires young people, and of course adults, what was it like for you growing up as a kid? And tell us a little bit about your journey on how you got to where you are today. Well, growing up wasn't super fun for me all the time. Mm -hmm. I grew up in rural Virginia, and my family was very hardworking, but also in struggle a lot. And we always had money for food on the table, but not for extras like, you know, new clothes or 
new books or lots of toys or, you know, trips, like the things that, that as a kid, like you see other people have and you want for yourself too, and not being able to understand why your family can't do it. So that really affected me. And I became an extremely hard worker, which I did learn from my family. And I started focusing really heavy on my schoolwork, even though I was extremely creative. And I, I like loved creating my own books and my own little worlds. And I, I had like all these businesses I created as a kid because I wanted to earn money. Uh-huh. And um, it was like play for me. So, you know, I, I was just really, I was very focused on school after probably, probably around like nine or ten Mm-hmm. very focused on school because I thought that was my way out like to go to college because no one in my family ever had. So so I did. I, I ended up going to college. I got my master's degree. I worked really hard within the corporate world and it just wasn't a fit for me. So I was looking for something new when the inspiration came for the first book. And the first book, adult. <laughs> yeah, the first book is The Little Rose, right? And so what was the inspiration that hit you? Where did you get that inspiration? Well, I was still in the corporate world at the time, but I was doing a lot of social, like a lot of soul searching, just thinking about like, what would I do? And I had no idea, but I knew what I was doing wasn't something I was passionate about anymore, even though I was good at it and I was very well rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I had this gift that was not, it didn't seem like a gift in the moment, but there was a woman in my office who was bullying me mm-hmm. and it was really heartbreaking and because I was working really hard and doing my best and being kind to everyone. And, and then this thing was happening and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I was seeking out help, you know, through books and experts and HR and my boss and anybody that would like give me suggestions, I would take them and I would try them all and none of it worked. And so one day I was driving to work and I was crying like a baby. I just did not want to go and I couldn't foresee a way to, make the situation better. I didn't want to run away because I'd worked really hard to get where I was. Right. But I wanted it to be good, you know? And so when I was in the car, I just had this, I call it like a moment of surrender Uh where I had no more ego about it. Like I just, I just knew I had to do something different, but I didn't know what it was. So I was like, almost in prayer, like, please help me. Yeah. I will do anything. And then this idea about a little rose that grows within a weed bed and thinks that she's the weed, came to me, and it wrote completely through. Like, from the very beginning, there once was a little rose, to the very end, at stoplights, in the car, like, on bits of paper out of my purse. <laughs> and, and afterward, I didn't know what it was, so I just stuck it in a drawer for, you know, well over a year. I was at that corporate job for another year, and I just didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't really think much else about it, other than that was a really unique experience for me. And yeah, so it came, it came in a time that was like, I was going through a lot of transition, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then that just, and then you put it on paper and then you had it edited. Like, tell us a little bit about that journey and like it, how it just started to unfold. And <laughs> if y'all don't know the book, you better pick it up right now and give it to 10 <laughs> little young people, you know, and 10 adults that you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, so what I did was the week after I left that job, I went to Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success Conference, uh-huh. and that's where I learned all kinds of skills that I never knew before, like meditation, and I was always into goal setting, but building in the gratitude and, and all these practices that he taught. So I created a journal to keep myself organized with all the things that he suggested to do, and it was like really transformative for me. So other people were like, I want that too. Uh-huh. So that was my first adventure in self-publishing at small scale. 
And then I went to his advanced conference a few months later, and while I was there, a woman was asking me about writing, and I reluctantly told her about that little story I'd written. And she said, I just got goosebumps. You have to do something with that because my grandchildren need that message. Wow. And that's when the light bulb went on that it's like, maybe, maybe it's a children's book. And then the idea was pretty exciting to me, but also really scary. Uh-huh. And I even was so bold as to um, <laughs> go to the business center of the hotel and before his come as you'll be party, which is a, a really wonderful event where you come as if you've achieved all your goals in the next five years and everybody <laughs> right. plays along with you. Uh-huh. I printed out a little mock-up of a cover and I didn't know what to call the story. So I just called it the little rose and I put it on a book that I had already brought and I took it with me to the party. <laughs> 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 so I was like, making a bold action and like thinking, okay, maybe, maybe I could actually do this. And I was talking about it as if it already happened. It was very powerful. This is where I met you. This, it was at, I believe it was at BTS Breakthrough to Success 2010 where we connected and we connected over yes. time through different conferences that Jack had and others. And I remember that event because I, one of my things at that event, at that five year party was, uh, me being a host for a TV show like Oprah, and I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, this podcast is kind of like that show that I was imagining and visualizing. (laughs) (laughs) It just hit me right now, so thanks for that reminder. Yeah, you're such a rock star. It's like so many of the things have materialized for you. It's incredible what you're creating. Likewise, and this is a reminder for people that, you know, inspiration kicks up based on the inspiration of other people. And you have been one of those people in my life, that's why I'm interviewing you, that you have just instilled and inspired me to dream bigger and go bigger and just, you know, live my dreams out loud rather than me quieting them like I have been throughout my life, whether it be in middle school or high school or whatnot. So applause, applause for you. I wish I could insert uh, (laughs) some kind of special effect right now, but I'm clapping on my own right here. <laughs> Thank you. And, and so, it's mutual. <laughs> and so this little brand, it's not even the little brand, but it is the little brand. It really has created a great and big impact. How did you get from the little rose to the little gnome, then to the little firefly and so on? Well, you know, at first I thought, well, I just want to do one book. I thought, well, that's, that's my goal. I want to be a best-selling author. I want to have a children's book. Mm-hmm. And then when the book came out, it surprised me by going number one on Amazon within two weeks. Wow. So it became a bestseller, uh-huh. changed my whole life, and it stayed at number one for over 60 weeks, which I hear is pretty extraordinary. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so at first I thought, well, you know what? I, I did that, check the box. I'm just I'm going to promote this book. I'm not sure what else is, is out there for me, but I'm just going to be open. And then this idea for the little gnome kept coming to me and I could see him, like I could see his little face and and I could see his outfit and it was not super clear, but I just knew I had to tell his story. So when I sat down to write it and it flowed through, I was like, oh yes, yes, there will be a second book. And then quickly afterward, I got the idea for the little firefly and then maybe a month later for the little seahorse. So Mm -hmm. I'd known about the little seahorse for two years before (laughs) it came out. Wow. And, so, and I know what the next titles are, too. So it's like I just keep following the inspiration. So when inspiration does kick in, do you always follow that? Or do you, like, just write those ideas and then put it in a drawer and then revisit it later? And why do you think it's important to follow that inspiration? 
You know, it depends on what it is. Like, right. um, for example, like I know what the other titles are for the other books, but I don't know their story yet. Right. So they're kind of in a parking lot for now. Like mm-hmm. I call it parking lot because I know I'm going to come back to it. I don't feel like I have to write it right now. I'm not inspired to write it. I just know that that's the next one. I can see it, feel it. It's like that juicy, uh, it's like a juicy goodness. Like it's almost like warm honey <laughs> on me. Like I can't resist the idea. You know what I mean? The, love the metaphor. Yeah. It's like, it's so good. Like it just feels good. And so I know that that's the next one, but uh-huh. at the same time, I don't feel compelled to write it right now. It's not the time. Right. So, like last year, I got this inspiration to write a novel, my very first novel, uh-huh. and I've never done that before. Like I've, I've never felt inspired to write a novel before, but I am now, and right. so I'm writing it, but I'm not pushing myself. It's more like I'm creating circumstances in my life that will lead me to be a better magnet for what I want, to attract the time, to create the, the book. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's different. Like, it's different than I thought it would be, and so yeah. instead of pushing getting an idea and then pushing for it right now, it's more like, oh, I have this idea. I know when the time is right, I will be able to, to manifest it. Yeah. Now, if it's an inspired action, like, hmm, I should call Romeo today. Like, just have a feeling about it. Yeah. It's a really strong feeling. Then I'll take action right away. Right. This is just, uh, gosh, you're just hitting, like, all these bullets of reminders. I feel like, you know, I should take off my bulletproof vest and just surrender to it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, I love what you're saying about, like, not forcing anything, but just allowing it to be and not rushing it. Because when we rush it, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't, I don't, I can't even describe it. It just doesn't feel right, if you will. Right. And, and you know, the goodness happens when you just, just surrender to what it is and trusting the process at the same time. Yes. Like you said, allowing rather than like having this frantic energy, it's more of a peaceful, relaxed, like let it flow through. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do, you know, getting into a peaceful state and mindset? What do you do for meditation? Well, I do like Jack, Jack Canfield teaches, you know, he does the hour of power and I, I do a bit of that. Like so I'm not as consistent about doing it every morning. For those that don't know, aren't, are not familiar with the, the hour of power, briefly speak on that and then move forward with what you were going to say. Okay, sure. I'm happy to. The med- it's an hour of meditation, an hour total that includes meditation, reading from something that's like spiritually nurturing or empowering or business inspirational, that kind of thing, and then working out. Uh-huh. Mine's a little different. Like I spend hour and a half working out almost every day mm-hmm. and not always in the morning. It's when I can squeeze it into my schedule, but I always make sure I do it. And then for the meditation, what I've been doing lately mm-hmm. is I've been just sitting up like right after I wake up, I have warm water with lemon. And so I have that. And then I sit in my bed, sit up straight against the, the headboard mm-hmm. and I let the timer go for, it, it depends on how much time I can do for the morning before my calls start. But usually I'll do like 30 minutes I really love doing an hour, but uh-huh. that's not always feasible with my calendar right now because right. we're in book promotion mode. But yeah, I do a half hour and I just sit there quietly. Uh-huh. And most of the time it feels like there's just a lot of thinking, but I just let the thoughts come and I try to not focus on any one thing. Uh-huh. And then usually there's at least a few moments in there where it's complete peace. Right. Or there could be an idea 
or it just creates space, like to not be so reactionary in life right. for me, to be able to respond better, and and it just it stops the franticness that we it's so easy for us to get caught up into because there's so much going on, right? Yeah. So it makes me feel more peaceful. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. But I've also experimented with like listening to music while I do it. Uh-huh. I really like meditating with other people. Right. If there's like really soulful people who do it, like I feel like the energy together is more powerful, but that's not, you know, always an option for me in the early morning when I need to do it. Yeah. But I really enjoy that too. In meditation for me is when I to receive new ideas, thoughts, and sometimes nothing really comes. And that's uh, how I wrote the success messages. It it all came based on staying quiet, being in a peaceful state, you know, and asking, and just the universe, I was asking God, I said, what do you want me to share with the world today? And some things would come and some things wouldn't, but going back to what we were saying earlier, is just allowing things to come and I want to just fast forward to this question. Why do you think it's important to meditate or quiet the mind or, you know, set in that peaceful state? Well, for me, if I don't do it, things, it doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. Like my day gets crazy and, and I have a busy schedule. Like, right, right. I think the busier you are, the more you need it. The less you think you have time, the more you need. <laughs> like, um, because it, it kind of expands time for you. It really you. does. It yeah. really does because it makes you calmer and you're you're more focused. Like for me, I'm more alert. I'm relaxed but alert. Uh-huh. It's almost like a, a calm confidence, yeah. which is a really soothing feeling to not be at the mercy of everything else. It's, it's almost like you have, you're grounded. You feel more grounded and solid. So anything that's going on past you, like it's just wind. Yeah. And you're so grounded that it doesn't move you. It doesn't take you off of your spot. You know right. what I mean? You're like rooted. Like there's roots on, on the on the ground and you like no matter how big the storm is, you're still just there and nothing's going to knock you down, right? Yeah. And, and two, the other thing is like that I remind myself is that you don't have to be perfect at it. You just have to practice it. Yes. That's a, say say that one more time. Please say that one more time. That was awesome. That you don't have to be perfect at it. You just have to practice it. There you go. And, and, then, and it's like going to the gym, right? You go to the gym, and while you're at the gym, it's really hard. You're, you're using your muscles, and you have resistance to, to build them. And it's not until when you're not in the gym that you see the benefit, uh-huh. right? Same thing with meditation. Someone told me that recently, and I was like, oh, that's so perfect. When you're doing it, your mind is creating resistance, so you're building your abilities, your muscles, so to speak, uh-huh. so that the rest of the time you see the benefit. It's not why you're actually in it all the time. Right. And, and, and knowing that you are a busy person who meditates and is balancing all these things on your plate from promotion to doing, you know, big things with awards and stuff. <laughs> how, do you find, <laughs> how do you find balance in your life? Like, what do you do to create balance in your life? In addition to meditation. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's it's a constant thing right now that I'm looking at because we, when I don't have a big launch coming up, I'm more balanced. Uh-huh. The past um, 60 days have been really phenomenal, but also like really a lot more hours than I normally would work in a day because we had a book launch on March 22nd. I just had the MTV Movie Awards. We had like huge event for the book launch. So there's like a lot of things happening, a lot of media interviews, a lot of cool things. And I, 
I like to say yes to opportunity as it presents. Yeah. I've had more speaking engagements than I've ever had in my life. Well like, already deserved. this year I've had more than I've had my whole career. Well it's deserved. Incredible. Well deserved. <laughs> Thank you. So it's like, you know, I loved what I'm doing. I just have to, I remember like, oh, I'm, I'm also a human. Yeah. And we need rest. We need to sleep. So some days if I can, you know, move things around a little bit in my calendar, if I'm really tired, I'll try to take a nap. I've been thinking about more and more like creating a rest day, like a recovery day. So when I have a big event, yeah. I have a day that I just relax afterward. Yeah. Maybe get a massage. I do get a massage every week. That's something that I started doing when I started getting really serious about my fitness, which uh, is a gift to myself. Definitely. I work out almost every day. I have a trainer. That helps me stay accountable for my, my health. Mm-hmm. And I just really, I try to practice really good self-care. Yeah. And that was something I never did in the past and something that Jack talks about. And, and everyone that I know who's extremely successful and happy yeah. is really good about their self-care. So I'm right. learning. I'm constantly learning and tweaking it and, and thinking about what types of relationships really fuel me. Yeah. Like when I spend time with certain people, it's like my soul has been nurtured, right? And it's yeah. mutual feeling. And so I spend more time with people like that and less time with people that are question marks, you know, as far as the energy draining and, and that kind of thing. And that, that seems to be extremely powerful for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, it's constant, constantly tweaking. I bring this up because you are that superstar who has this like peaceful, positive spirit that, you know, attracts a lot of great people and they just want to be around your energy. You're just one of those people that go, Oh, it's not just a wig you got going on, you know, whenever you're doing events, but, 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 but it is the energy that you bring out. And I always tell like my clients and, you know, actors that it's your inner world that creates your outer world. Right. And, you know, taking care of your insides, if you will, uh, will project out your outside world so that you can perform at your best. And me being the person that I am and I love reading and I I love reading positive quotes. What is a positive quote or two that inspires you or that you read on a daily basis? Hmm. My favorite quote of all time is the person who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the person who is doing it. I think it's a Chinese proverb or something, but that is my favorite because a lot of the things that I accomplished in my life, people told me were impossible but I never accepted that for myself because I know that people are only speaking from their own limitations. Yeah. And even if they mean well and they don't want you to be disappointed, they don't know. They have no idea what I'm capable of. And <laughs> that's they right. have no idea what they're capable of, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's my favorite quote. And then the other one that I, I love and I share a lot when I speak is, be who you are and say what you mean because those who matter don't mind and Wait, those who, <laughs> those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. I think I said that right. It's Dr. Yeah, yeah. Seuss. And that's totally what I'm all about. Like, just be who you are, like, authentic. And it's hard. It's, it's, sometimes it's, it's the most challenging thing to live authentically, right? Like, because yeah. your whole heart is out there. You're vulnerable. But you know what? It's the most alive you will ever be because <laughs> you're fully yourself. And when you're fully yourself, you attract magic. Some people aren't going to like you, and that's okay. Yeah, you don't want right. to be pleasing people that don't care about you as a person and really, you know, really genuinely connect with you. It's like you save all this wasted energy that you would have put out by trying to be somebody that someone else wants, 
and you just get to be you, like ridiculously fun, like whatever you are, you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the right people will be attracted. And it's and I know it's hard to like, and you might find this too, Romeo, but mm. sometimes it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust the yeah. universe. Like, I know, Romeo, you are taking huge leaps every day, just like me. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly out of our comfort zone. Yes. <laughs> and it's scary. Sometimes it is. It's scary. It, helps. it is scary. Most definitely. <laughs> But it's like, it's the most alive, right? Like, and that's where you get the best rewards when you're taking the risk. So for me, taking the risk to get that story out initially about the little rose was yeah. so scary. Like, I know a lot of readers, they're afraid to have people read their stuff. I was like that too. And now I read the book to hundreds of people a month. <laughs> and so it's like, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it too. You sort of get really clear about who you are and what you want and get so in touch with that passion that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. Right. And trust that it will come. Yes. Maybe faster than you think. Preach it, girl. I'm like, I even got my heart <laughs> beating. I'm like running in place. I just stood up. You know, I'm moving. <laughs> like, keep on going. I don't want to end this yet. It's, it's all, almost a 30 minute mark, but I, I'm going to keep on going with you, girl. <laughs> break that rule. I like it. Yeah, break the rules. Take that risk. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> So for, for, you know, every success, there's a failure. And for every failure, there's a success. And, you know, I really don't call it a failure. It's always feedback for what comes next. Um, has there been a failure or a challenge, let's say, in your life that became a valuable lesson or a turning point for your success in addition to uh, writing The Little Rose? And uh, what did you do to bounce back from that challenge or setback? I would be like very honest with you and say that probably the biggest thing mm-hmm. in my whole life, and I, I don't look at it as a failure. I, yeah. I look at it as life experience and it was very, um, I don't know, very worthwhile, but yeah. I am divorced uh-huh. and I never thought I would be divorced. Right. And as I became more clear about who I am and, and really accepting other people the way they are and just, allowing people to be who they are, but then deciding like, oh, that works for me or that doesn't work for me or, you know, they don't have to change and I don't have to change. It's okay to be how we are, but then to let that go, you know, and that's, that was the biggest thing, the the hardest thing I've ever done Mm -hmm. and to trust that I was making the right decision Mm -hmm. that both of us were. And I know that for a fact, even though it's not easy, you know? Yeah. It wasn't easy, but it's the right thing. And I'm so grateful that I was brave and did it. And when I look at that, I learned so much about who I am and and what I want in the world and the kind of things I want to create. And and I'm I'm sure that that's the same for everyone that goes through experiences like that. Like you just, you take the good Mm -hmm. and you're grateful for the experience and then you move on and you just take that bold leap forward. And Mm -hmm. I think letting go of any kind of sense of failure, because I I mean, we're all doing the best we can. That's right. And sometimes things aren't meant to last long term. It's okay. And to learn to like, let that go. Yeah. That was huge for me. And now I feel like, I don't know. It's like, I'm, it's, it's like a relief to Uh have taken care of it and done it with dignity and to have harmonious closure and that like served everybody in the process the best that we could. Uh Um, I'm really proud Uh of the way that, I feel like I feel like um, I finished strong. Yeah, and even though it wasn't something I would have chosen to go through, it it makes sense and it was the right thing. Yeah. So, 
Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I appreciate you just sharing your heart and being fully authentic and being real. Like I earlier before I pressed record, I was telling Sherry, I said, you know, there are questions. I have a special format, but usually the conversation just flows and I'm just going to allow things to happen because I thought I was going to talk about how to be a best-selling author and doing this, this and that. And what are some writing tips you can give to those future authors? But what I think people will gain most out of this is just, you know, staying true to yourself and what serves the greater good of things. That simple, quick story you just shared is powerful. And that could be a life-changing moment for somebody or that, that is going through something similar, uh, whether it be a, a divorce or losing their job, losing their house, and knowing that it's, it's not the end of the road. Like, life is not over. You're just a great example of pushing through. Thank you. Yeah, and allowing, like releasing the resistance to what is and allowing goodness to come. Like, And yeah, it's emotional and you go through it and it's scary. Just like writing a book, just like starting a business, just like speaking on stage for the first time. But you do it because you have the passion for living the way that you want or getting the message out that you want to reach people with. And you just have to go for it. And you and do it with dignity as much as you can, but, you know... It's, it's worth it. It's whatever that challenge is, it's worth it. And know that if one opportunity has closed off, like you said, like a, in the case of a job loss or, or something like that, that just means that there's something bigger and better out there for you. And to just yeah. keep, keep focus on what really matters, not on what you lost, but on what you're going to gain. Because uh, there's so much more. Yeah. Gosh, I love speaking to you. You're so awesome, Cher. I'm, I'm bringing you back on this show. I'm bringing you back on this shot, girl. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> so I'm all about, you know, sharing your message. Like, you know, I wrote the book, The Success Messages. And one of my missions and goals for that book or series, because there's going to be an upcoming series to that, is changing the world one message at a time. And I want to ask you what your message is to the world. I really want, and, it, and it's not just kids either, like, my mission for my business is to inspire and delight kids while planting seeds of self-esteem. But I'm finding that more and more, like, I have a lot of adult fans. And it's because I believe that anything is possible. And that really resonates with people when they see someone doing something they thought was impossible. Mm-hmm. So my message is I want to inspire people to believe in who they are yeah. authentically and what they're truly capable of. Like, I, I feel like... If, if we know how precious and amazing and magical we are, we won't accept situations and live in mediocrity. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll really go after it and do things that set our souls on fire. But that's what I want. I want heart fluttering, like butterfly, like, and it doesn't have to be daily, I mean, preferably. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but I want to create experiences like that in my life, and I want to create it for other people. Like, so if I, if, if I had a superpower, my superpower would be to ignite the spark within everyone that I meet to realize their full potential and to just be inspired and go for it. And the cool thing is you have that superpower already (laughs) (laughs) without you even knowing it. You really do have it. (laughs) So for those of you that think you need a special superpower, know that it's already in your possession. <laughs> so what are you currently working on? I know you had you just recently had a book launch and I would love for people to know how to find you, follow your journey, whether it be on Instagram or Facebook. And for those that would possibly want to book you as a speaker, where can they do that as well? Awesome. Okay. So 
The new book is called The Little Seahorse, and all of my books are available on Amazon.com. You can connect with me on Facebook on my fan page, which I personally respond to every message. And then the address is www.facebook.com slash Sherry Fink Fan. And my name is spelled S-H-E-R-I-F-I-N-K, and then the word fan, F-A-N. Um, that's the best way to reach me. Mm-hmm. And... The next things I'm working on, so um, I'm writing a novel right now, which is going to be a fun and flirty, um, sexy, happily ever after book for adults, and not sure when that's going to come out, but I will be posting about it for sure, everywhere, <laughs> and, um, and then I'll be writing the newest book in the little series, which will be The Little Unicorn, and that'll debut March 22nd of 2015, cool. and in the midst of all of that bunch of speaking engagements, like just really spreading the messages of empowerment and working on a world record, which I will share more details on Facebook <laughs> when they're, when I can share them, but that's pretty exciting for me. And just, I just really want to create love and joy. I want to spread love and joy throughout the world. Yeah. And so I'm looking at expanding the brand globally mm-hmm. and also getting into merchandise and, oh, and I'm co-writing a song for the brand in a few weeks. Super cool. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Next time you're on, I want to play that song whenever it's, you know, done with the post-production. I would love to play it. I would be happy to do that. Yeah. Any last words of advice to the listeners out there? I would say just believe in yourself and believe it's possible for you. Anything is possible. And just keep giving yourself in that space. Meditate, clear your thoughts, visualize, and take really amazing care of yourself and everything else is going to align when you work really hard for it. It's just going to happen. can't help you. It can't help but be attracted to you when you're in that good feeling space. Yeah. I just appreciate you so much, Sherry. You are like the woman. Like, you are definitely a superstar. You really represent, like, love and joy and fulfillment. And it's great to see you just always stepping into your power. And it, it brings me a lot of joy. And I'm sure a lot of your fans. So I, it's an honor for me to have you here. And I look forward to bringing you back on. Thank you, Romeo. I had so much fun talking to you. And I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with Sherry and I. I hope you received some great inspiration and insight to take your life and business to the next level. Some key points I want you to remember are follow through with that inspiration you receive because that inspiration leads to miracles. Don't force things to happen, but rather allow things to happen and surrender in the process. Be in relationships that fuel you and nurture your soul. Self-care is important, so take care of you by working out, resting, or doing something that brings you joy. Take time to quiet the mind by meditating. And remember, you don't have to be perfect at it. You just have to practice it. The life-changing event that Sherry and I attended is called the Breakthrough to Success, facilitated by our mentor, Jack Campfield. And the next event is taking place this August. And if you want more information on that, go ahead and go to CanfieldTrainings.com. That's C-A-N-F-I-E-L-D, Canfield Trainings, with the S at the end, dot com. For more information on Sherry, you can visit her at Facebook.com forward slash Sherry Fink Fan. That's S-H-E-R-I. Fink, F-I-N-K, fan, F-A-N. 
And if you know a friend, a relative, or a colleague that you think may find this episode valuable, please feel free to share it with them. Also, I would love it if you can write a review for this episode as I'm trying to build up more ratings to inspire more people across the globe. And if you would like to receive free tips and tools to elevate your greatness and stay updated on future episodes, you can opt in on my website at RomeoMarquezJr.com. Go ahead and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for inspiration and motivation. You can just search my name, Romeo Marquez Jr. All right, y'all. This is Romeo signing off saying, keep believing, keep loving, and continue to ignite your light with the world because the world needs you. It's time. It's time. Oh, yeah. It's time. Peace.